A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, it's Ben and Sonia here. Welcome to Londoners, where we chat to the people behind the coolest things in London. Today, we've got Pippa Murray, who is the founder of Pippa Nut, that's nut butters with absolutely no palm oil. Oh my God, I love those. Which one's your favourite? Well, I'm torn between the smooth and the crunch. I always had you down as quite a smooth guy. Thank you very much. To be honest, I'm a fan of all the nut butters. Big nut butters, it's weirding me out. Are you ready? Okay, let's let's go go nuts. nuts. Yeah, yeah, nice to invite us into your offices, which no. are pretty awesome. They're nicer than your offices. <laughs> <laughs> Going for a sponsorship, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much for coming to my office. It's so nice to have you both here. So the first thing you kind of notice is the huge giant jars of <laughs> peanut butter, which you can't get away from really, can you? I'm going to sit in one later. <laughs> so especially... Disappointingly, you can't climb in them, but what you can do is sit on top of them. So we can get a picture of you. Okay, that sounds okay. on top of a sort of six foot So there's nothing inside? Jar. No. Oh, I thought you'd have a giant spoon to go <laughs> How on, would wouldn't? you get through that? And that's like it... to feed a, you know, army, an yeah. army. Yeah. <laughs> so Pip, you're nuts about nuts. I am, yeah. Um, what's so damn good about them? What's so damn good about them? Well, they're just super tasty. Um, and I, I guess I'm specifically obsessed by peanut butter, as you can imagine, mm, having started classic. with a brand all about it. Um, but the dog's just ripping down your, my, your my, blinds. My dog, Charlie, um, terrorising. <laughs> Charlie, <laughs> terrorizing what did everyone. I tell you? Um, I think he wants to get involved in the podcast. Oh, wow. That's a great trick. Right. Well done. He's ripped down half the blind. Right, we'll we didn't need it. that anyway. Sorry it's about that. that. <laughs> sorry. Um, he's being particularly naughty this morning. It's Friday afternoon. Friday morning, sorry. How many coffees is he had? Right. Is that all right? Yeah, that's fine. It's good. We like it. More, more <laughs> of the same, please. It's just some background noise. He's yeah. going to do some dancing. Oh my God. He's, it, so he's actually ripped it off. Okay. <laughs> that Johnny, wasn't part of the plan. You're getting bills for that. <laughs> but why not? I mean, yeah, they are just so tasty. And I think one of the things particularly around nut butter and peanut butter is that it is, they're just so versatile. They're just so good in like porridge and smoothies. And it's just that element of it, which I think makes it such a great product. And I think, you know, I genuinely, most mornings, except obviously for today, eat it, eat it for breakfast. And I'm four years into running the business. You'd think I'd be totally sick of it by now. And I think it's the fact that it's so versatile that you end up kind of being able to eat it with all sorts of different things and, and also kind of get that kind of, it's healthy, but 
but it's still a really tasty. At the same time. Yeah, yeah. So. I get that. I get that. Have you been a peanut butter fan since you were a kid? Actually, it was kind of more later in life that I got into it. Um, particularly, I was doing lots of running, and it was like my protein source. So I, although I'm not really what I'd class as like a health freak. Um, but for me, it was like my post running treat on, on toast. Um, so it was really kind of in my kind of late, late teens, early twenties that I started to become a bit like one of those people that stands with the, the jar of nut butter late at night or peanut butter late at night with a spoon. Um, so what were you doing before you set up Pepper Nut? So I've had a little bit, a unconventional path to sort of starting up a brand. Um, I was working as a theatre producer at the Science Museum. So totally different world. It's public sector. It's, you know, I mean, running a business is creative, but there, that was pure creative arts. And I'd worked in sort of different art centres throughout London up until I went to the Science Museum. So I was sort of a theatre producer there and I was doing all sorts of different productions and pulling that together. So it was a real curveball. And actually the moment, um, I still remember very specifically handing in my notice with my boss at work. And it's definitely one of those moments where they're like, did I, did I hear that right? What you're going to go and do? Like, it's a really surreal <laughs> moment being like going from being a theatre producer and then saying, Oh, I'm going to start up a peanut butter brand. People look at you a little bit strange. So did that come as a surprise to the company that you were working for? Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd gone part time. They knew I was sort of doing something on the side, but I'd been a little bit kind of. Well, you Not, kept it in, kept in the dark. Be bringing in bit. recipes. I wasn't really. I was keeping it quite like separate. Like I was sort of my own sort of side hustle project. All my friends and family knew about it, but it kind of was a bit of a. It wasn't like I was embarrassed about it, but it's a bit of an odd thing to kind of start doing if you kind of or slightly out of context, I guess, from what I was doing on a day to day, and so. I think now I kind of speak to them and they're like, they totally get it. They see the products in supermarkets. They're like, oh, right, I see what you were after and like what you were kind of like wanting to get towards. But at the time I was still blending it in my kitchen. I just wasn't really a business at that point. It must be something quite hard to hide because, you know, you probably have it on your fingernails. Yeah, all on your clothes, yeah. It's in the corner of your mouth. You're like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, of course you've got to do that. (laughs) That was why she always had peanut butter smeared around the back of her head or something. (laughs) So were you, so how did you start making your own peanut butter? Um, very much in my kitchen. So I bought a slightly fancy blender, um, which was sort of my first big investment, I guess. It was oh, sort of wow. a couple, was of, couple of grand. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Was, I mean, it's a really job. fancy blender. Um, and yeah, just played around with loads of ingredients in my kitchen. Um, you know, the great thing about sort of, I think generally food brands, but particularly kind of our, our product is that it is a really simple, pure product. I mean, you guys could easily make some nut butter at home. It's not, it really isn't rocket science. We should have had a goal before doing this. Mr. <laughs> Trick in, in some in of our, our own. Yeah, yeah. 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 rock hard, cement, um, delicious. Yeah. <laughs> um, you never know, it might work, different, different style. Um, but yeah, so literally bought some product, bought lots of different kind of, ingredients and played around different flavors so like for instance our coconut almond butter was one that I developed in my kitchen um and it was actually kind of the inspiration behind it was like a macaroon because I figured like almonds and coconut that kind of goes really well as a flavor combination in a, in a macaroon it should work with this as a profile of flavor for for a nut butter too um and and a lot of the flavors that are now on the shelf at the moment were ones that kind of started in my kitchen and pretty much exactly the same as what they were then um so yeah, I mean it's a super super accessible product to kind of at least start in your kitchen or do in really small scale. I think that the real hard bit is finding how to make it work to be able to sell into supermarkets because that's a whole different yeah, kettle of, of fish. What was the moment where you thought I'm going to do this full time? I'm going to 
you know, chucking the day job. So I spent two years setting up the business, um, kind of meandering my way, kind of working out how to do it. And this is just you at this point, right? Just me, yeah. And me, myself and my blender. Um, and Is that the first name? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, there were some really dodgy names. <laughs> I like you got an there. email account with that one. <laughs> me, myself and my blender. <laughs> so sad. Um, no, it was, it, yeah, so it happened over a couple of years. I went part-time initially and then, then chucked in my day job about six months before we actually or before I actually launched the brand. Um, and I think for me, the tipping point was that, you know, I actually, I started making the products slightly more at a time, sort of like 200 jars at a time. And we took them down to like Maltby Street Market in Bermondsey to just test the waters. Um, literally my version of consumer testing, if you're going to be posh and fancy about it. And the, just the amount of kind of the response I got from people was just great. I mean, Obviously, there are always going to be a few people that do those kind of funny faces that they're eating it being like, oh, it's not for me. But the majority of people loved it. And I got a real kick out of the fact that you get this like amazing consumer response to things. And most weeks would sell out, couldn't really keep up with it. I mean, I was working from a really small production facility and just thought this was, I really like this feeling, this real like sense of reward when you kind of feel that people, I remember the first time someone tagged us on Instagram from a product that they'd bought from Bermondsey from the market and just being like, that's just so awesome that someone is eating our products at home or my products at home, having bought it at a market and now they're enjoying it like for their breakfast for the following week. So just loved that element of it. And I think, um, yeah, I think I got enough kind of energy from people and sense that, that, that this was a product that people would resonate with and buy that I kind of decided to really pursue it and I think then started to take the next steps to scale it up really um but I did have a bit of a weird one way of um quitting my job I actually covered yourself in peanut butter well, that would have been a good one uh, now you're gonna make my story sound really boring <laughs> oh, I'll, do, I'll do that a lot actually <laughs> Yeah, this is anticlimactic now, but um, yeah, I, I uh, actually entered a competition which was run by the company called Escape the City. Um, I don't normally tell the story because I try and keep it on the down low, but basically won this competition which was essentially to live for three months in a garden shed in the back garden of their he- headquarters. So I was this like feral cat basically in the back garden, <laughs> living in there in a shed. Um, basically it eradicated like, any kind of like overhead so I didn't have to pay any rent that summer I spent the whole time working full-time on the business um but it was a really surreal moment I remember getting a call from like the founder of Escape City saying you know Pip by the way you've, you've won the competition we've we've chosen you to come and live in the shed for the summer come make peanut like, butter in the shed <laughs> exactly and I was like oh god like really am I really gonna go through with this and yeah I ended up quitting my job and essentially I think you know, one of the hardest bits about starting something up is that gap when you're, you know, you need to kind of commit yourself, but at the same time you're paying rent in a flat in London. It's really expensive. And I think a lot of people move home. I I moved to a garden shed for the summer. When you were developing your products, how did you want to make them different from other peanut butters? So for me, when the, the big things that I really didn't like was a lot of products that I was buying in supermarkets were either filled with palm oil or often had kind of refined sugars within and I just felt that there wasn't a natural, really natural, honest brand on the shelf. And I also kind of felt that things like almond butter weren't really in, relevant in the UK at the time. In America, it's massive out there, but in the UK, it hadn't translated yet. So there's a combination of like wanting to bring something more honest um, to shoppers, but also um, introduce that kind of new flavours. There hadn't been much excitement into the category. And then I think just a really fun brand. Um, I kind of find it really... Um, 
I get a bit despondent about the fact that often when you look at healthier brands or, or a healthier brand on the shelf, that it can sometimes, I think this is shifting at the moment, but, you know, six years ago, it was like always quite boring brands or felt like a bit of a sacrifice to pick up the thing that was perceived as being healthier. And I kind of wanted to make something that was totally delicious, but healthy that looked really fun to eat. And I think that for us is for, as a brand is really important about how you can kind of get products that are better for you out there but also not kind of dissuade people from eating them by the fact that sometimes the branding or the kind of appeal of it looks a bit dusty so the whole palm oil thing you you got on that way before everyone else has right Mm. and that was a very conscious decision then yeah I mean recently it's really blown up in and been much more relevant I mean Iceland I think their campaign that they did um before summer before Christmas was was great um but yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's one of those things that I think it's not all shop, not all people are aware of yet. But I mean, it is a really big cause of deforestation. It's high in saturated fat, so which is kind of like the, the less good kind of fat. You know, monounsaturated is pretty good for you. Um, and I just felt like as an ingredient, it actually adds no taste values at all when you put it inside a peanut butter, as an example. It really is there as like a. It's just gives it stability so you'll notice with our products that we have a little bit of oil on top that you have to kind of stir back in and it just indicates that it's completely natural whereas if you had palm oil in it stabilizes the product so for me I was like you know this doesn't add flavor it doesn't enhance the product in my view in actual fact I'd I'd rather something was much more cleaner and um, simpler and, and therefore healthier for me. Obviously you started at Maltby Street how many flavors did you have then? One. <laughs> peanut butter. Called peanut butter. <laughs> no, I actually had about six at the time. So what didn't make on... Well, didn't yeah, I was going to say, what's, what's made it what's through cold? and what's been out? <laughs> pie, pie mash and butter. <laughs> I'm not sure about your innovation ideas. Um, I've got loads. I've got a list here. <laughs> I'm worried. Ben is pitching for uh, his own <laughs> peanut butter. If, if one of them lands, I'll credit you right, for okay. it. Right, we'll, um, okay. We'll, we'll get there. But one one of the flavours actually it did make it onto supermarket shelves. What we took it off was a honey cinnamon cashew butter. I think I've had that. Have you? Yeah, yeah I think I quite like that. Did you? I mean, it was wasn't popular. Pop- it wasn't oh, as me. popular. <laughs> it is really good flavour. I loved it, but it just didn't sell as well. So we took it out of our range, um, along with our plain cashew butter. But everything else is is what was on the market stall. So how many flavours have you got now? Uh, so we've got seven flavours now and we have um, a limited edition, which we kind of rotate out every kind of six to seven months. Um, at the moment, it's a chocolate orange almond oh, butter. I've got it. I've not so had it yet. chocolate orange. It's, it's really I'm, good. I'm quite excited about mm. that one. Yeah. If, if you don't have it at home, I'll, I'll send you over the sample. Yes. It is so properly what, delicious. It must be quite fun experimenting with flavours. Yeah. And the kind of the science behind it, you've kind of just developed that yourself. Mm. So what... What just did doesn't work? What you're like, oh God, that's just a disaster. Yeah. I I did try go down down the sort of savoury route. I remember at one point I tried out a kind of chili coriander, kind of Thai inspired peanut butter. You see it on paper. I like on the sound paper, of that. Nice, but see, just, I like a savoury, but I go I go peanut butter with marmite. Yeah, that is popular. Yeah, mm. people love that combo. Or custard. Mm, no? No. <laughs> okay. Scratch that one off. <laughs> Another <Okay>. strike. <laughs> one left. So you were at Morby Street and then where was the first actual shop, like which was the first actual shop that started selling your nut butter? After the markets, I, I kind of stopped. I was like, right, I'm going to work out how to scale this product. Um, I didn't want to keep making it 
in my kitchen. Um, so the first customer, once I'd worked out how to do all that kind of fun stuff, was Selfridges. Um, so that was nice, our first going customer. in big, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they were like <laughs> from the shed to Selfridges. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, it made a good story. That's that's for sure. But yeah, Selfridges was our first customer. And, Amazing. And I think they're really great at spotting up and coming trends and and generally kind of working with really small like suppliers. They're really supportive and. You know, if you've got a good product that you think has legs and that is, you know, really good quality ingredients and, and kind of nice packaging and all that, you know, that they're, they're really open and receptive to hearing from you. So yeah, self just is our first customer and it allowed us to really kind of, I guess, establish our brand quite quickly by just being stopped there. So I'm very grateful for them for mm. taking our products from the get go. Cause now you're in supermarkets mm. and pretty much everywhere, right? Yeah, we've still got a lot long way to go, but yeah, in every kind of major supermarket you'll find us. Um so Sainsbury's, Tesco, Aston Morrison's. So yeah, it's a totally different kind of scales what it was when I was just making it in my kitchen. But um yeah, I mean the products themselves haven't really changed along the way. So from that you've done quite a few partnerships mm-hmm. um which have been awesome. What's been your favourite? Um, yeah, we've done some great ones. I think one of my favourites, just because it was pure chaos, was um, we around the corner from here in Truman Brewery. Um, Nike did a massive kind of influencer event where they kind of partnered with Barry's Boot Camp and did a massive like fitness event um, that took over the whole building. It was sort of immersive fitness event and at the top of the building they had kind of what they called, called their kind of like refuel stations and we were one of them and I think that weekend it went on for three three days I think we served over 6,000 pancakes topped with nut butter and it was absolutely <laughs> chaotic I mean just imagine we didn't really have that much space either we were working from kind of like a three by three stand um, and you just get these waves of people coming like, every hour on the hour of like a hundred or 200 people and you'd be serving up kind of fresh pancakes topped with nut butter and berries. And it was like super delicious, really Instagrammable, but behind the scenes, it was like, absolutely, yeah, just like running ragged. Um, but it was wicked, like the amount of kind of people coming up to us at the end and, and Nike are just, I think the experts in creating those kind of immersive events that, are designed to kind of explode online as well. So it was kind of great to see kind of us being part of that. Um, and they've been great partners. We've worked with them on a number of different events. Because um, you're also used in quite a lot of gyms as well, aren't you? Is it important for you to see for, that people see the kind of brand and peanut butter, like to associate it with health and exercise and sport and stuff? Yeah, I mean, because I think there's a kind of peanut butter and almond butter and things particularly peanut butter has this kind of perception I think of being a bit bad for you I think it's like this probably a bit of a hangover from like 30 years ago but quite a lot of kind of slightly older people I think consider it as being a bit naughty a bit bad for you and actually what people obviously do know but are becoming more aware of this it's filled with it's quite high, it's high in protein it's got rich in good yeah, fats I think that probably comes from the Americans doesn't it yeah like, exactly you see Skippy peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in movies I had I was given those as a kid pretty well, much yeah, yeah my mum's American <laughs> peanut butter and jam sandwiches they get so dry they like <laughs> stick your mouth yeah together. especially because she was buying probably like a forerunner of like a very healthy peanut butter my god I just be like <laughs> Oh, so dry. You need a drink. Yeah, I need a drink with it. I need a tea. Anyway, yeah. But um, yeah, so I guess that's not an, and you know, all of, they're in, it's peanut butter and so many sweets there. And- yeah. yeah. And so I think we kind of work with kind of lots of gyms and sell our products and, and they have it on the menu, whether it's in their smoothies and stuff. And 
I mean, I think the majority, a lot of our like people that pick up Pippinot are more on the health conscious side of the spectrum. So, um, but I think working with gyms and things like that is a lot, it's quite good because it's kind of by association, you're perceived as being, um, you know, healthy by being in a gym. It's sort of, without having to actually explicitly say like we're good for you like you are we're health foods we're clean exactly do you think i mean what the term clean there's kind of now people refer Mm. to food as that um what do yeah what does that term mean for you i think for me it's more about just real ingredients on the back of the packaging so you know if you're going to pick up one of our products i'd I'd hope that you'd recognize all the stuff that's on the back so that means no e numbers no flavorings um so yeah i think it's just basically anything that you could find in your kitchen cupboard we'd put into our products which is kind of our bit of our mantra um do you think um the pippa nut is so popular because people are being more mindful about what they eat now yeah I, i think that people are quite demanding as well in terms of their expectations of what brands need to deliver but I do think there is a, I mean, if you look at the stats, people are every year becoming more healthy or at least perceiving themselves to be more healthy. But I think what's interesting is that people are shifting away from, are changing what they consider to be healthy because health can mean a number of different things to different people. So I think a lot of people are moving away from things like low fat or diet this or low cal. And actually they, they would rather have a balanced diet that's kind of got varied kind of, you know, very a variety of different foods in it, and they would consider that to be healthy. And if you eat fruit and vegetables as part of that, and get kind of fiber and 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 protein within your diet, that that's what's perceived as being healthy. Whereas I think if you flash back to twenty years, it would be like Weight Watchers without wanting to kind of um, sack off any other brands, but you know, Weight Watchers or Slimming World might be you know, what would be perceived as being like being healthy or kind of good at the time. So, and I think there's this kind of quite nice tension, which I like, which is people have this kind of view of like maybe four days a week, you're kind of a bit more healthier and then you'll go and have a burger and a pizza. And it's like, no, you're not quite so like binary as just, I I only eat vegetables every day. But I think people are just much more fluid than they perhaps were and what they perceive as being healthy eating well, yeah. i don't know what you think well even before that going back years and years you you know people would say if you drink gin it's healthy or if you smoked a cigarette who was saying you know, that my mum. oh <laughs> she tells me all the time but it's like also like this perception that like you know for instance i think more people think like butter like actual dairy butter is is better for you now because it's actually like a real product made from milk it's you know it's not seen as bad it's kind of quite an honest product versus say margarine which is now kind of a bit processed and I think it's that element of like processed products which are starting to kind of get out of kind of people's cupboards and more real foods are kind of entering them do you think that's particularly happening in, in East London? We're sat in Shoreditch, by the way. Um, I feel like round here, obviously, there's loads mm. of health food shops and, you know, people seem to be much more conscious of what they're eating. Is that just East London or London? Do you think it's happening also all over the UK? Um, I do think we're in a bit of a bubble, that's for sure. I think that not everyone around the UK is is thinking probably in the same way that people in East London are. I do think it's a shift that's happening nationwide, though. Um, I think that particularly certain kind of pockets around the UK, Edinburgh, Bristol, Manchester, if we just think about where we sell well, we can start to almost see like, actually, when we look at our supermarket data, we kind of know that some areas we sell much better in. Um, But I also think there are kind of, it is the responsibility of brands like ours to make our products accessible. And I think that comes down to healthy food having to be a decent price point. 
Um, because if it becomes ridiculously overpriced, then it is really the kind of only the few that can really eat it. And I think that's um, an important thing in terms of how healthier eating is going to actually expand beyond just East London. You know, VIP peanut butter. Exactly. Yeah. It's like yeah. shopping in Whole Foods, you're like, geez. I know. You can who, does their, who does their weekly shop there? I've seen yeah. people walking Just around with a hole with a trolley. <laughs> that is a thousand pound shop. <sighs> One day. Where do yeah. you do your weekly shop? Uh, I'm an Ocado delivery person. Oh, I know. classy. I know. Busy oh, right? lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> That is impressive. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I've, I've I've turned thirty this year, and I feel like suddenly I've become much more um, efficient. Ocado, Ocado, exactly. I'm there. That says it all. Yeah. Um, and so you've got also you've got a cookbook out now, right? Yeah. Do you want to tell us about how that came to be? Yeah. So um, we worked with Hardy Grant, a publisher, to create that, and um, yeah, it was quite quite a fun experience creating it. And I have a newfound respect for people that do this as a like full-time job because writing a cookbook is, it's really hard. Like you, you have to test each recipe at least three times. And I remember the, creating it and um, we'd, we'd kind of blitz recipe weekends basically. And my kitchen in London's tiny. So I'd go back to my parents' house to kind of, you know, spread my stuff everywhere in their house. And initially at the start of, my, of the weekend, my dad would be like, this is great. Like brownies coming out like <laughs> of the oven or some great recipes. By the end of the weekend, he'd be like, no more. Stop with this. No I feel sick. And it's not exactly like the lightest of ingredients. It's quite oh, like a yeah. dense product. Mm-hmm. So having like everything nut butter orientated after like four days, is like, it's just too much. Um, but yeah, we, we created, I think there's 70 recipes in that recipe book. What's your favourite? I think one of my favourites is, um, I've got a sweet tooth. So I'd probably go for like almond butter rippled banana bread, which was particularly good. That sounds delicious. Yeah, I do have a sweet tooth and I'm on the kind of, yeah, put peanut butter on slightly more indulgent stuff. But um, yeah, there's kind of like a mixture of kind of healthy to not so healthy things in there. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
So now you're probably hailed as like an inspiration to millions of people oh, I'm not out sure there. About that. Anyone who's starting a food brand, yeah. If you got any advice for them, apart from you know getting a shed. Yeah. <laughs> I do think there's something really important about just getting on with it. And I think, and it's not particularly great advice, but I think with any kind of idea for any business, you spend a lot of time, it sits in your head and you mull it over for ages and ages and you tell your mates about it and all this. You've just got to jump in. You've just got to do it. And I think for, for me, for instance, making products and selling them at market wasn't ever really my ambition. Like I, I wanted to have a, a brand that I sold in supermarkets. I wanted it to have national reach. Um, so, but it was important just to start and actually just start trying out products and trying out recipes and tweaking and, and adapting them. And I think that element of just putting your money where your mouth is to some extent, because I think you can mull things over. And, and, and an idea could always, there's always either a bad time to launch a business, it's, you know, whether it's financially or with your family or whatever it is, it's never a good time. Um, and I think that's why it's just important just to kind of suck it up and just go for it. And and do it at first at a relatively small scale. I think, again, you know, you've got to work out whether or not there's any demand for something. And you can do that in a really small, relatively cheap way. Or you can do that at a large scale and spend a lot of money doing it. And I think there's, you know, with products in particular, it's about finding product market fit, essentially. Um, which is a bit of a tech way of thinking about it, I guess. But it's the same with food. Like, you've got to see whether or not it resonates um so the only way to do that is get people to try it that can give you like honest brutal opinions on it so yeah basically just start even if you're like oh but i don't have the packaging ready or i haven't got a logo or all this crap that you can kind of convince yourself it's not the right time or you haven't quite developed enough you just get it out there and also nobody's going to steal your idea and if they do then just do it better than them and i think there's always that element of like just start just get it going think big start small exactly yeah totally Right, well, um, how well do you know your nuts? Oh, the nuts challenge. <laughs> I wish you told me I could have done some prep. No, no, no prep. it's a surprise. No prep at all. Just, well, you sorry. know. You can kick it off. I feel nervous. Good. Right, I'm going to hide, hide, my, hide my notes. Turn the lights down. <laughs> Damn it, I was reading them upside down. Is a peanut officially a nut? No, it's not, it's a legume. We need like a ding. <laughs> Correct. Uh, she's actually done a tick on her sheet. Yeah, done a tick. It's a legume, like a bean or a pea. Exactly. And they grow because they grow Frozen underground in pods. That's right. She knows this. Which are the oldest known nuts? Um, I am going to go with um, a walnut. Bing. Correct. Congratulations. Wow, two points. You win one of these <laughs> jars of uh, peanut butter Thank if you, you. get them right. Yeah. Um, your turn. Uh, which nuts don't you pick from a tree? You, well, I would, I would say that, well, most nuts fall to the ground, don't they? they which ones do you have to wait until they fall to the ground? Um, I'm talking like an expert. I literally mm. no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> you sound convincing though, which is great. I am going to say, um, hazelnuts. Oh, 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 oh my God. That is actually a macadamia. Oh, right. Gotta wait for them to fall off, apparently. I mean, what is pine mouth? Pine mouth. Um, This is a curveball. Sounds like a place, doesn't it? I've been there, yeah. Is it the shell of a pine nut? 
Um, it's, you Ooh. can explain this one. This was your. Pine, yeah, because I'm I afraid of pine mouth. Uh, some of them are made up. Uh, no, pine mouth is a thing that you can um, it's a get small after town. you eat pine nuts. <laughs> okay. Um, and it can get kind of like an intense metallic taste in your mouth if you eat pine nuts wow. and they haven't been cooked, I think. Right. If you haven't toasted them, it affects a small number of pine nut eaters and it can last for up to three weeks. Oh my God. So you get that. I've never had it, but separate? I'm afraid. I'm afraid of pine mouth. Every time I eat a pine nut, I'm like, this better not be the time that I get a pine mouth. Can you imagine like everything apparently tastes of pine nuts for like weeks Oh on my end. God. Yeah. You would ruin your tasting session. Oh, yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. That's you're welcome to the world of pine mouth. <laughs> so which nuts are named in the Bible? Um, I would go with, um, let's go with, let's try hazelnuts this time. Uh-uh. Which one is it? Almonds, twice, two oh, references, right. and pistachios. Oh, once. pistachios, yes. Great. So that's a big mm-hmm. naughty red cross there. Which nuts are poisonous to dogs? I didn't know that any nuts were poisonous to dogs. Um, Charlie, please. Let's go with Brazil nuts. It's a macadamia again. Oh, God, there's pesky oh, macadamias. Careful of those. So which is the hardest nut? The hardest nut, um, I would say, is a... Um, yeah, I'll go again with a Brazil nut. Oh, that's not what Ooh, we've got here. Oh, no. Hey, right. You've got Phil Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> he is tough. He oh, is tough. God, guy. that was just... That was had such to happen. a <laughs> I was up all night thinking of that. Uh, how much do Americans spend on peanut butter each year? Um, the average American, I reckon, spends... Or just sort of America in, oh, as, right, a whole. as a whole. <laughs> um, oh, I should know this. I think it's something like a $800 million market. That is exactly what, what it is. Did you just read that? <laughs> Done my research. You were looking out the window. She's I spying think on my notes. holding up a sign. Um, yeah, I mean, I do know that sort of stuff. So 800 million a year. With, wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Six cities in the US also named Peanut. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's good. such a good fact. So what else can you use peanut butter for? Well, in a non-edible like in a non-edible yeah. sense. Um I think Ben has made these up. No. I mean, I know that sometimes I've tested um they're quite good for trapping mice cuz mice yes. really like peanut butter. Correct. Yes, correct. Is that the answer? Ding. No, that's one, one of yeah. one of 44. Oh my god. <laughs> How long have you quite got? Quite good for um you know, plastering something potentially if you were really needed something. <laughs> Tell me. I'll give you some shaving cream. No. Squeak eliminator. Squeak lubricant. Eliminator. A, lube, a lube. Who is going to use that peanut butter as a lube? You told me that one, Sonia. <laughs> <laughs> I only use almond butter. Gum remover, glue remover. Yeah, have you ever put it on your... If you get chewing gum on your clothes, you can use peanut butter no to get way. it off. I have done that, actually. My favourite is ice cream corn sealant. So wait, you put it in the ice cream cone if there's a crack. If you've been too eager with one's cone and you've bitten into it, you want to seal it, bit of peanut butter. Delicious. Right, we're going to move on to the London section. So um, obviously, you're, uh, you know, you're a London, you've set, Londoner and you've set up your business here. Um, how long have you been a Londoner? Have you grown up here or? Yes, I'm not a true Londoner, um, but I went to uni here. So I've been here about um, 12 years now. So quite a fair amount of time, yeah. And whereabouts do you live and what do you like best about that area? So I've recently moved to Stratford, which actually is, is 
I quite like it. It's probably not my favourite place. Quite, quite like, I quite like it's it. It's a bit of a temporary, temporary move. I was in Stockwell. I'm a bit, I, I preferred South London initially, actually. But um, yeah, Stratford's actually, it's warmed on me a lot. So It does that, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like initially Westfield. you go there and it's, yeah, you just assume it's just Westfield, which I just can't handle, um, and a massive station. But actually it's pretty cool. It's right next to the Olympic Village. And again, feels a bit like Toy Town, but... You know, I've recently become a member of the Olympic swimming pool. Gym. That swimming pool is incredible. And it is amazing. So finding these like real gems that you're just like, this is so awesome that I swim in that pool every day. I always get days. told off in there because I bring my towel dive out, bomb. like everyone else. And you go to hang it on the side and you're like, no, you've got to take, oh, your, put your towel back in your locker. I'm like, Follow what about the, the 15 other towels oh, already? No. There? I know. Oh, yeah. I've missed them. Power trip, isn't it? Idiot. <laughs> Just you getting in trouble in Stratford. <laughs> it's not allowed in Stratford. Um, so you obviously like Maltby Street. Are there any mm. other food markets that you like in London? Yeah, I, I mean, I love like London Fields Market, you know, the one um, down Exmouth. Not Broadway. Ex- Broadway Market, sorry. Um, quite good for walking your dog down there. But I do actually think Maltby, if you want like really, really amazing quality kind of food, I, I, I really rate it. And it's actually kind of not quite so touristy compared to say borough around the corner which is quite full-on on at a weekend um have so you yeah. got a fave stall at maltby there's an amazing salmon stall which i can't remember the name of it now but they just do it's just so simple and it's just like i was really jealous of them when i was like when when i was there because it's just such a simple kind of proposition but just on on great kind of like rye bread or kind of fresh kind of sourdough bread and then sour cream and just amazing smoked salmon and it's literally all they do with a bit of dill and that's all they do every day and it just like they sell good. so much of it you just stand so... in front of them eating one and go oh a little bit of peanut butter yeah, here i kept on be... being like trying to do swaps being like come on here's a jar and give me some but um yeah they're just really it's something great about something so simple like that so you're a keen runner. Mm. So how often do you run and, and where where do you run? Yeah, I mean, I think London is literally the best city to run around. Um, so when I lived down in Stockwell, I'd just the river was my like classic, do laps of the river and kind of test myself to run to the next bridge, sort of um, do that all the time. Um, and now I run a lot around like kind of the Hackney Canals and things like that. Again, it's like the whole Lee Valley. It's like this massive maze of like the Hackney Marshes not there and... I think that's the thing that a lot we're so lucky to live in a city that is so green um and filled with so many pockets of communities so depending on how long your run is going to be it can be half an hour around the canal or you could literally run all the way to richmond if you're training for a marathon and it's just it's just such a wicked city for that so how long are your runs at the moment i'm i have to, to admit, richmond and back <laughs> <laughs> sadly i'm a bit more of i classify myself in the jogger category at the moment so I, I used to run lots of marathons I'm a bit more of a kind of half an hour 45 minute kind of jog who has the time jog to run person a, you know yes. I know it's it's hard so yeah I'm, I'm a bit ashamed about that you know do you run into work ever yeah yeah I do run into work as well it's again pretty easy it's like 20 minutes down the road um so yeah I'm a jogger and I'll go out for a nice little gentle jog in on a, gentle on an afternoon. Jog. Nothing That's to nice. be ashamed of. No. <laughs> um, where do you go get for inspiration in London? So any museums or any like, is it, you know, if you're th- thinking you want to f- fuel your creativity? Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, actually it's, it kind of feels like a separate life when I was working at the um, science museum because actually was very kind of involved in like the creative arts community um but probably my my favorite space and isn't necessarily hugely unique or inspired like kind of different but 
just love the turbine hall in the Tate Modern. Um, I could literally just sit in there for like a half an afternoon because it's just got that amazing museum buzz. You know, when you've got that kind of undertone of noise that is this constant, but equally you can't decipher any specific noise above the other. And I just love the kind of, it's just so vacuous, isn't it? It's massive. Um, I, do, I, I love it. If I was going to have a day or afternoon working at from somewhere else in London I'd probably try and find a spot in there just because I find it really like soothing you know have you liked any of the installations in that particularly yeah I mean they did that great one a couple of years ago which had the massive pendulum oh yeah that was. I nice. don't know if yeah. you saw that that was that was wicked I mean the famous crack that they did down the middle I remember that still don't know how they did ago. that yeah. still don't know how yeah. baffled by it I also loved the one where you walked into kind of a pitch black room and essentially as you walked in it got darker and darker to the point where you couldn't see anything and then when you turned around you saw all yeah well yeah you saw the silhouettes of everyone coming towards you because the light was coming in and the silhouettes were it was just kind of a a nice kind of twist on your kind of sense of your kind of senses and things like that and your visual perception as you walked into this really dark space um yeah i think they're really smart so yeah Mm. it's it's kind of like classic tourist town to date modern but it's an amazing building. Still love it. So what about other London brands? I mean, is there any London brands that come to mind that you look to and don't necessarily have to be food related? It could be. Yeah, I mean, there are so many. I think probably my one of my favourites, which is actually my glasses brand at the moment. I was admiring your glasses as well, wondering where they're from. But Cubits. Cubits, was, yeah. I've got those glasses in Do clear. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to get them in clear as well. I think they're really wicked. Um, Pippa's wearing very nice. What colour? How would you describe that colour? Peanut butter kind yeah, of. Yeah, almond, almond yellow maybe. Um, they're very nice. the nut theme. But mm. yeah, they're a really cool brand. I've, I've read a little bit about their story. But, you know, obviously their first store was in King's Cross on Cubit Street, hence the name. But um, I just think they've, they've bought kind of brought that market to life when you kind of considered Specsavers was like the standard place where you go and get your glasses. And I just think their frames are amazing. So that's probably a brand that I kind of watch and kind of observe from afar. Um, one of my favourites, but I guess... Through your glasses. Through my, literally yeah. through the lenses <laughs> of my glasses. Um, but I guess when it comes to food and drink, um, yeah, I mean, I think there are some absolutely fantastic kind of up and coming um kind of chains of restaurants and things like that some of them are kind of more independent but I think East London in particular is a bit of a hotspot for kind of great kind of chains but as an example I mean they're not so new anymore but I remember when like Patty and Bun first arrived on the scene you're just like how great is this simple burger again brought to life in like such a great good way and again good quality ingredients um so yeah I kind of keep keep my eye out for kind of up and coming food and drink stuff all the time right we're ready for the final section we've called this the London Lowdown Sonia, bring out the bowler hat. Oh, I was wondering what that was. Sing some music, Ben. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll put in a clip. The London Lowdown. I don't have to wear this hat, do I? So this bowler hat... No, you don't have to wear the hat. This bowler hat was, is actually my boyfriend's, was his uh, granddad's hat, and those are his Aww. initials, and he used to wear it to go to, the, to work in the city. So it's Aww. actually... He was, miss, I, I wish we, I miss those days. I mean, I've never lived in those <laughs> days, but I wish they existed. He's basically terrified that I'm going to ruin this hat, so I better not get any peanut butter <laughs> on it. My hands are clean, don't worry. Okay, so if you could pick a question out of here so you can read it out and then you know read it out and then just answer it oh there's a few there's a few there there's a little cluster um would you be able to do pippa nut anywhere in the world um uh i yeah i mean i think 
So the market is great in the UK in terms of people love pip- like peanut butter in, in, in the UK. So I don't think I could do it everywhere because, I mean, places like, I don't know, Spain as an example. Yeah. Not so big a fan. But so, Australia. But Australia, yeah, they'd, they'd love it, or the US. Um, so I think selective places. But in terms of working remotely, I definitely think I could probably now... Work in Spain. Yeah, do it, do it remotely, but probably starting up not so much. Okay, great. Next one. It's exciting. I had a little bit of theatre. <laughs> Where would you take someone who'd never been to London before? Good question. The shed. It has to be the shed. <laughs> the dodgy shed in South London. Um, no. I'd probably go... Um, I, I mean, as you can probably tell, I'm a bit of a East London fan at the moment. So I think... Uh, probably a good Saturday morning kind of afternoon or Sunday, sorry, would probably be go to kind of Victoria Park, go to Pavilion Bakery, um, have something by the kind of lake. I think that's a good way to kind of start the day. And then walk down to Columbia Road Market, probably poodle around there, then walk down to the river. I tend to think that most cities and particularly London, I think is just about walking absolutely everywhere and trying to avoid, avoid where possible any kind of tourist traps. So keeping away from Leicester, Leicester Square, Buckingham Palace, maybe you'd have to go and see that just because, you you know, you're in London. But You can go Google that stuff, though. You can just look at it. It looks Google. the same. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. It looks exactly the same. So I'd probably do a bit of a walking tour of London, um, kind of going down all the streets that I love and kind of in all the independence shops and things like that. But, yeah, stuffing up places like Columbia Road, and which I just think are just so great, for like so vibrant on like a Sunday morning. Mm. Um, it's always good fun down there. Yeah. So busy. Go at the Very end of the day. Bargains. I think. Yeah, that's it. Haggle them down. All right, next question. Okay. Um, so if you could be locked into anywhere in London overnight, where would it be? Finally, I love this question. Oh, that's such a good one. Anywhere in London, locked in. Um, I'd probably go for something like the Natural History Museum. I mean, you can, going down you can my, nearly do that already. I mean, you, you can kind of have overnight trips, but I think without, yeah. But I mean, it'd be slightly terrifying. I think the same. same. I don't think I'd like to be locked in there what, by night. yourself, alone, yeah, just with all the skeletons. Just like, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay, maybe it's slightly terrifying. Um, but I'm going to go with that. You might be braver it's great. than me. It's a good one. Yes, I like good. It. Okay. Um, or, or maybe like the Buckingham Palace actually would be quite good for that. Anyway, sleep. I bet the beds are comfy. And I bet they're not. I bet they're not. I bet they're really soft. Really soft. Um, fave local pub. Um, probably one of my favourite pubs. It's not actually my local, but um, when I lived in Finsbury Park, um, the Full String Fallback. Great pub. Excellent Thai food. Excellent. Excellent good, beer garden. Such an amazing beer garden. Like. It's like got three tiers to it. So yeah, it just like keep summer. have to you keep climbing up, and yeah. you're like, oh, I there more space. of this? Yeah, it's very confusing when you're quite drunk. Yeah, it is, and it's really hard to find friends when mm. you're there. I always feel like that. So <laughs> <laughs> <Aww. laughs> sorry for Ben. That was good. That was just got comedy value. I have lots of friends, by the way. Um, favorite place to walk? I mean, anywhere by the river. I love it. So great. Yeah. Okay. So, what makes London so special? Um, I, I mean, I genuinely think London's the best city in the world. I don't know w- whether you think that, but um, it's. I think it's something about it's so rich in culture. Like, it, like I said earlier, it's got these pockets of different communities. So West London, which I actually don't go to as much, but has so it's just so different to East. Um, and I love that diversity, and I think the people as well within it make it quite unique. Um, so multicultural, and I do think the food 
scene is insane. Like it's, I mean, up there with New York in terms of like the, the kind better. of restaurant, if not better. better. Yeah, Miles I think so. Um, you know, I, I think particularly around here, we're in Spitalfields areas, just spoiled for choice, you know. Got places like Brat that have just opened up that get Michelin stars and they're just that beautiful food. So, yeah, food and, and culture, I'd say, is is number one. And the fact that I think all the galleries are free. And yeah, amazing. you can get wine in there, so. Yeah, exactly. Win-win. <laughs> Not for free. <laughs> you can on a Thursday. <laughs> Unless you sneak it in <laughs> under your jacket. Okay. <laughs> Fave breakfast spots. Um, mm, where's my favourite breakfast spot? Um, I'm doesn't have to be somewhere that stocks pip and that, but it could oh, be. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. Wasn't even thinking about product placement then. I think one of my favourite is do you like the Ace Hotel down the road? That does a really good breakfast, some amazing pancakes, um, which I've had before. Um, also think Pavilion Bakery. If you get there not too busy on a sun- sunny afternoon, you can sit by the by the lake and do really good veggie breakfast. Um, yeah, those would be my two. Good, good choices. Oh, that's a big one. Okay, so if you had to go to a fancy dress party as a tube station, what would it be? Oh man, these are hard. <laughs> these, I know. This is so mean. This is hard. Um, and the only thing that ever speaks, springs to mind in these sort of things is cock fosters. It's just the easiest one to do. <laughs> so you'd basically be dressed as an inflatable penis holding kind of fosters. Fosters, yeah. Okay. I think that would be, uh, be fine. Ben, what's yours for that one? Uh, temple. That's what? a good one. Oh, yeah. Our body's a temple. Oh. <laughs> Hi, Barnet. Because <laughs> <laughs> my hair's big. Really yes. oh. Yeah. And I've thought about switch. this before. <laughs> but yeah, well, thanks so much for that. It was great talking to you. Pleasure. Thank you so much. much, Pip. So nice to meet you. I think we should have a dog rip down the blind in each episode. What do you reckon? Yes, it makes it very atmospheric. Thanks so much, Pip, and thanks for listening. Listeners, you know what to do. Please like, share and subscribe. And if you've got a cool Londoner who you think we should chat to, tweet us at London Inside. Tune in next time for another chat with a great Londoner. Bye! Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.